Welcome to Southwest Stories with Steve and Steve. There are two deserts. One is a grim, desolate wasteland. It is the home of venomous reptiles and stinging insects, of vicious thorn-covered plants and trees, and of unbearable heat. This is the desert seen by the stranger speeding along the highway, impatient to be out of this damnable country. It is the desert visualized by those children of luxury to whom any environment is unbearable which does not provide all of the comforts and services of a pampering civilization. It is a concept fostered by fiction writers who dramatize the tragedies of the desert for the profit it will bring them. But the stranger and the uninitiated see only the mask. The other desert, the real desert, is not for the eyes of the superficial observer or the fearful soul or the cynic. It is a land, the character of which is hidden except to those who come with friendliness and understanding. To these, the desert offers rare gifts, health-giving sunshine, a sky that is studded with diamonds, a breeze that bears no poison, a landscape of pastel colors such as no artist can duplicate, thorn-covered plants which during countless ages have clung tenaciously to life through heat and drought and wind and the depredations of thirsty animals, and yet each season send forth blossoms of exquisite coloring as a symbol of courage that is triumph over terrifying obstacles. To those who come to the desert with friendliness, it gives friendship. To those who come with courage, it gives new strength of character. Those seeking relaxation find release from the world of man-made troubles. For those seeking beauty, the desert offers nature's rarest artistry. This is the desert that men and women learn to love. Hi, I'm Steve Brown from Southwest Stories, and that was actually a commentary that launched the classic desert magazine back in 1937. It was written by Randall Henderson, the initial publisher for Desert Magazine, the man who made it legendary during its time. And uh, it's unfortunate we still do not have it with us, but we do have great online archives of issues dating from 1937 to the 80s. It's one of my favorite quotes. That's why when we started Southwest Stories, it was actually named The Real Desert. We since changed it to Southwest Stories because we wanted to give more regional connotation to it. And of course, because there's parts of the Southwest that are technically desert, and we still love exploring them. Now, as far as me, I'm a journalist by profession. I'm a historian by education. I'm a musician, and I have been a journalist for decades, uh, way too long. And most recently, I was editor 
and publisher of the Sunrunner magazine based out here in the desert from 1995 until about 2018. I ran it from 2004 till 2018 and loved most of it <laughs> not all of it but most of it and also produced the visitors guides for joshua tree national park area and uh, some local newspapers as well and then went on to produce two seasons of southwest stories and now we're working on the third season which has been derailed for the time being by the vicious little virus that's running around Southwest Stories with the two Steves, myself and Steve Rushingland. And if you do not know Steve Rushingland already, you should. He is a highly talented Native American artist and musician. He's a three-time NAMI Award winner, which is Native American Music Awards. And he will be on the show to join us. In fact, you've been listening to some of that. Uh, our theme song for season three Southwest Stories with the Two Steves is called Dirt and Spurs, and it was written by Thomas Matranga and features Steve Rushingwind on the flute and, of course, myself on drums and percussion. So as a journalist, I wanted to use this podcast, this our new podcast for Southwest Stories, as a way to cover a lot of issues, interview a lot of guests, talk about a lot of things that we might not be getting to, and the television show. The television show is, of course, a lot more expensive to produce. It takes a huge crew to produce it. We're out on the road. We have to be very selective about what we can fit into an episode. And uh, it's a great medium for storytelling. And I hope to get to as many people and places and topics as possible. But this podcast, I'm excited about this podcast because it, it opens up the opportunity to spend more time talking with some of the people that are desert treasures, as, as you will, across the uh, region, talking about issues that are, are near and dear to my heart, and to cover some of the serious things that go on in the Southwest and uh, hopefully do some good across the region while we're here. I want to... Uh, Give a shout out to my friend Matt Lavis from the Chemawavy, who I was speaking with earlier. Uh, Matt is uh, undergoing uh, more back surgery, and I, I just wish him a quick and uh, full recovery. And get healthy, dude, because we gotta, we got to get you on this podcast and talk for a while. Matt's a, a fantastic cultural leader and a, an authority on the salt songs the salt song trail so that's all topics we'll be getting to i hope we're going to be uh, talking with some folks down by the border uh, we'll talk about some of the issues uh, going on just lots of great great things to talk about and lots of serious things too so my background with the desert really began before i was born my parents lived in Southern California, in Los Angeles. I was born in East LA. But before I was born, my mother was a real estate agent at a time when women real estate agents couldn't handle contracts or anything like that because, of course, the men needed to handle those details. 
whatever. And one day my mother found out that the Bureau of Land Management, the BLM, was having a raffle. This was an interesting raffle because you put your name into this raffle and if your name was selected, you were eligible to receive five acres of desert land in the Mojave Desert for $100 and a $25 filing fee. Now you had to do certain things to keep that land. For instance, within three years, you had to build a 400 square foot cabin of sorts and that property was yours. So my mom put her name into the drawing. Her name was selected. She paid the $125, got the title to the land, came home, showed my dad. My dad screamed at her because he said, you can get a farm in Nebraska for that much money. Well, of course, uh, my mom, being a native uh, Angelino, wasn't interested in the farm in Nebraska. She wanted five acres of land out in the Mojave Desert. And to my dad's credit, he came around. They went out. They built the 400-square-foot uh, cabin, little outhouse. Of course, there's no running water. There's no electricity. But it was a great place to go out and uh, escape into the desert for weekends and that sort of thing. They had some great adventures there. Uh, my mom even was approached by somebody on the back road to Big Bear one time who had a cougar, a pet cougar that he could no longer care for. And my mom sorely was tempted to want to, uh, to adopt that poor kitty, but my dad did prevail. So my parents, had great times out in the uh, desert with the Joshua trees and everything. And then I came along and as a uh, one and a half year old, I got extremely sick, required hospitalization, nearly died and cost them a lot of money. What can I say? I'm trouble sometimes. So. Uh, they wound up having to sell the five acres of land and the uh, little cabin on it. And of course, I love to tell them how much it's worth now. Um, but since they were familiar with the desert and really had enjoyed it, they would take us out to go camping. Now, my little sister came along a year and a half later, and we would go out to the desert and go camping and exploring. We'd go to Pioneer Town and pretend we were robbing banks and go to the uh, Red Dog Saloon and sit there and have some sarsaparilla um, while the piano player played. And uh, there'd be shootouts and we'd go to Calico, Ghost Town and, you know, right on the stagecoach. And then we started exploring the whole Southwest and just loved every minute of it. I, I, it was something that just made an overwhelming impression on me as a child. If, if you've got a, an imagination, the desert can just offer you endless possibilities and, and inspiration. I was hooked by the desert. I really, really came to love the desert. So when I returned in the 90s to visit relatives, 
I showed pictures of the Mojave Desert to my wife, who's Greek American, and she said, "Well, that looks a lot like Greece." And at the time, we were living on an island in the Puget Sound, where it rained perpetually, and we came down for a visit in 2000 and decided that we were going to buy a house and move down here. And so for 20 years, I have been a journalist in the desert. I've never stopped being inspired by the desert. And I, I really think that at one particularly uh, difficult time for my wife and I, the desert may very well have saved our lives. So I'm, a, I'm actually indebted to the desert as well as in love with the desert. So I would like to also shout out to some supporters of ours that have been really solid and have, have gone the uh, extra distance to support our work for Southwest Stories, which is Thunderbird Lodge Retreat in Joshua Tree. If you have not been there, I recommend it highly. It's a fantastic place to stay when you're visiting Joshua Tree National Park, which you shouldn't be doing right now, but you should be doing as soon as it's feasible. This virus is messing with everybody, I have to say. But as soon as this virus lets up and it's safe and we can all travel once again, I highly recommend paying us a visit out here to the Joshua Tree National Park area in the Mojave Desert. And when you do come, please check out Thunderbird Lodge Retreat in Joshua Tree. It's thunderbirdlodgeretreat.com. Also, too, as you're heading up Highway 62 going into the high desert towards Joshua Tree National Park, you'll pass through a delightful little community called Morongo Valley. And as you drive up, you will see a sign for Dig Your Own Cactus, and that's Cactus Mart. I strongly suggest that you make a stop there, uh, stroll the grounds, maybe dig up your own cactus, uh, check out the native plant selection that they have there, as well as the local art selection, and uh, see if you can't pick up something from uh, one of our favorite artists, Snake Jagger, who of course was featured on season two of Southwest Stories. Check them out online at cactusmart.com. And again, our thanks to both Cactus Mart and Thunderbird Lodge Retreat. I'm Steve Brown. I'm the creator of Southwest Stories. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm a writer. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you on the road.